Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is recorded on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples listening here today. Sovereignty was never ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Reclaim Me. I'm your host, Madeline Heather. Reclaim Me is a true crime podcast told by those at the centre of those crimes, the victim survivors. The general public often hears stories of victim survivors through the lenses of perpetrators or the media, and we're changing that narrative here. These interviews are raw and honest, so a word of warning is necessary as discussion and topics may be triggering or distressing for some listeners, so please use your discretion. If you need help or support, please see the suggested resources in the show notes of this episode or contact your local crisis service. Hello, fam, and welcome back to another episode of Reclaim Me. We are picking up back again with M. Campbell Ross, and this will be part two. So if you haven't already listened to part one, which is last week's episode, then please go back and listen to that first. Otherwise, this will not make sense as we do jump straight into where we left off. Now, just a reminder before we get stuck into this week's episode that I do have a Patreon account. So if you want to support the podcast in helping me to continue to deliver this quality content for you on a weekly basis, please go and join the cheer squad. I've going, I'm going to start organizing some awesome Zoom hangouts, some trivia, and some fun activities for us to do together as well. In there, you'll also be able to subscribe so that you can be more involved with the podcast if you want to come on, share some stories, even to do a bit of a palate cleanser. So as we get into this end of the year, I know that it's all a lot, a lot at the moment with the way that the world is right now and, and to consistently talk about these topics and listen to people's stories about their experiences is and can be difficult, but it is something that's really important that we continue to do. Uh, and I'd love any support that you can give me. If joining the Patreon is something that you can't do and there's a financial barrier there, that's completely fine. I completely understand that, especially at this time of year. However, if you can go onto Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and rate and review the podcast or share it widely as much as you possibly can, it helps so much. And those reviews that you make on Apple Podcasts and the star ratings that you give, they actually get the podcast charting. So that would be the best Christmas present in the world to see Reclaim Me on the charts. So if you can help me get there, that would be absolutely brilliant. Thank you all so much. And let's get stuck into this week's episode with M. When it comes to defending people in a court of law, you are only supposed to defend them with accurate evidence. You can't make shit up. No. So 
what was there? I'm interested actually um, if there were any other really gross questions that you were asked, but also what was their stance of not guilty? I mean, like he had admitted to it. What was their reasoning for the not guilty? So he doubled back. He like backflipped on himself. And then in the courtroom, he gave a completely different story and said that he lied in his police interview because he felt like he was pressured and that he didn't have a lawyer present. Right. So he completely went back on what he said and he said that he thought I was consenting. He didn't realise I wasn't consenting um, and that the text messages the next day were just because, like, he was worried that I I was a bit upset. So he was, like, saying that he was a rapist to placate you. Yeah. And he was coerced by the police into a false confession. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm, okay, yeah. Um, great. Fuck with. Um, so he's got exactly. the, you know, great defense in inverted commas. This slime ball is Mr. Lawyer Man. Um, is mm-hmm. the Mr. Lawyer guy the guy in the ill-fitting suit? He is. I I, love to that. be honest, they both were in ill-fitting suits. But I love it when it's a lawyer, like an established lawyer, probably on a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year and still has a shit suit. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) honestly, it looked like he went to Maya, found the sale rack and was like, that'll do. (laughs) That'll do, donkey. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, this this wanker is um, cross-examining you, asking the world's dumbest questions, Mm -hmm. lying on the stand, um, and then you're the person who offended against you and who has admitted to it twice on two separate days in two separate formats is now backflipping on both of those statements for two different reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where do we go to from there? Like after you've done your testimony, he, did he comment at all? Yeah. So he was, he was cross-examined and then when he was cross-examined, that's when he, um, he, uh, went back on what he said and, gave a completely different story and the prosecution team even said to him like why is your story different and that was when he said oh I felt pressured by the police to say that um and then other witnesses were called up you know so like my housemates were called up and my friends were called up and the doctor that I went and saw to have an SDI screening afterwards went up and I think uh I I don't know what they said but I think that was quite compelling having the doctor because I was so paranoid after the assault, I washed myself with bleach and I gave myself a really bad infection. There was like quite compelling evidence that something was going on, like something, there was physical evidence that something had happened to me. You know what I mean? So something's um, obviously like you've you've used this bleach on yourself. Yeah. So was it just like kitchen bleach? Did you just feel like you needed to like try and clean yourself as much as possible? I literally just grabbed, I don't even think it was, I don't even think it was bleach. I think it was toilet cleaner. Squirted that in my hands and went to town. And did you feel like you were just trying to clean it, like get get any evidence of him out of you, off you? Yeah. And I remember it was burning. Like it, I was, it was burning me. It was so sore. But I was like, yes, it's burning. That means it's killing particles of him that are on me. Yeah. Um, and it hurt, but I, like, liked the pain because I wanted him out. Yeah. And it's that kind of feeling, I guess, as well, like if you've got a scraped knee or something and you put antibacterial stuff on it, it does sting, right? Like 
So it's almost this association with the killing of the black bacteria or the killing of the germs. You know, yeah. there's that pain associated so you feel like it's working. Exactly right. Yeah. And then so was there also like they would have seen the damage because you did bleed as well. There was blood on those sheets. But was there yeah. so was there not only the damage that obviously you tried to clean yourself and please nobody else ever used that cleaning product again. Yeah, it's really bad. It's, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you poor thing. But what I, so they- I still I still get eczema down there. So I am I am the poster child for do not clean yourself with bleach or toilet cleaner. Just don't. It's just I've got so much like in my heart for you because I can just imagine the panic and you just find the closest thing that you think is gonna work the best. Yeah. In trying and everybody can that's gone through this can have that understanding of that need to scrub and scrub and scrub yourself and to yeah. to shower incessantly in a hot, hot, hot shower or, you know, to yeah. continue to wash yourself to 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 make yourself clean again. And it's impossible to feel clean again sometimes after these things happen. Yeah. And I like also because, you know, there's only so far up that I could get with my hands. I did stupid things. Like I soaked a tampon in the the bleach toilet cleaner stuff and tried to put that up there like I was I was erratically trying to clean myself it it was yeah it was not good yeah and so when you went to the doctor what was the doctor's reaction as well were they able to did they have to um like take images and do swabs and stuff or did you just go to a regular GP where they treated the symptoms and so I went to the Canberra sexual health clinic and it was about maybe a week and a half, two weeks later. It was around the time I um, – it was just before I re- reported to the police, just before I went to the police. And I went to them, and they were incredible. Um, so I told them what happened, and they were the, – the doctor was amazing. She was like, okay, we'll do a full SDI screening. We'll do the blood tests as well just to be sure. Um and then when it came to having the pap smear or the swab, or whatever, I couldn't, I just, I could not have anyone near me. Um, Cause I had told her obviously as well that I'd been cleaning myself with bleach and she gave me this like soap that was a lot gentler. And she was like, use this instead. This will clean you really well, but it won't give you this crazy infection that you now have. Um, uh, but yeah, she, she was great. Uh, but then I couldn't, I couldn't do the, I just couldn't have anyone near me. So she got, but I wanted to, I wanted to get it done. I wanted to get the swabs done, but I just was terrified. So she got another nurse to come in and she held my hands and they did the whole process. And I just cried into this nurse's chest and she just stood there with me. And then afterwards they talked me through all my options and like places I could go for counseling and, um, they got the test results back to me really quickly and they gave me the prescription for, um, so I'd given myself eczema and bacterial vaginosis and they gave me, and thrush, I had had the trifecta. So they gave me all the medication I needed. They sent me on my way. The doctor checked in on me a week later and then two weeks after that she checked in on me again. And like, not to say like, hey, we got results back or anything, just to see how I was going. That's amazing. And see That's if I was okay. like, 
Yeah, it was just incredible. Like she was amazing and the the health clinic as was amazing as well. Like when they saw me come in, they all knew who I was and they were all gentle with me and patient with me and yeah. They were amazing. That's trauma informed healthcare. And that's 100%. You know, to have somebody there to hug, to have somebody there to take their time to give you the comprehensive check, to make sure that you're okay, to give you other options like this isn't even going above and beyond. This is just doing your job well. And I'm just so happy that that was the response that you got and that you could get healthy and better physically again. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. They were ama- and after I saw them, I stopped cleaning myself with bleach. And so she came in and she testified as well. Um, and you said that felt quite powerful because I think you, what you were saying was maybe the jury could see that something had happened for you to be doing and acting. Yeah. Like cleaning yourself and, you, like that. Yeah, exactly. And and she was able to confirm that, you know, I'd given myself an infection and that another nurse had to be present and that I'd done a full workup and that I was really worried about, you know, getting getting something from him. And um also the other thing that was really important in my case is that every single person that testified from like my side, my side's not the right word, but my side. Um my story stayed the exact same mm. from day one to the day of the trial. My story remained the same. His did not. It is quite compelling and it's great to have people like professionals and medical professionals testify on your defence because like at the, they always say this about juries and stuff, you know, a jury of your peers, it's not a cross-section of the society usually that we live in. And whether or not people want to admit it, everybody has unconscious biases or even overt biases. <laughs> And people tend to not believe women. It's just a stance that they have. Yeah. And if women have told other women what's happened in their life, it's seen as gossip. So to have a professional also be able to testify is quite compelling. And I can understand how that could be more compelling than hearing your friends or family say certain things as well. It's yeah. not a good reflection on society that women are treated this way and that their testimonies are treated this way. But it was also really awesome that you've got the treatment and you've had somebody come in and actually share and relay the exact same story on your behalf because it's true yeah. because that's what has happened. So everybody testifies. He's made a dick of himself by putting forward the dumbest defense in history mm-hmm. after admitting, again, twice in two different formats on two separate days Indeed. to two separate people. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. so... The jury reti- the jury retires, right? And how long did it take for the jury to come back? Five hours. And what did you do in the middle? I because I wasn't allowed to give my evidence in the room. I actually wasn't allowed to be in the courtroom at all, ever. Um, so I was back in New South Wales. I was at work. I was doing things like I just was pretending like it wasn't happening. Otherwise, I would have just sat there and fretted. Yeah. So jury. So the prosecution called me when the jury went out to deliberate. That was like the day before. That was the Thursday. And then on the Friday, the prosecutors called me and told me what the jury had decided. Um, so they decided, so he had four counts, three, one count of indecency, which was the um, fingering, the touching, hands in my pants, um, two counts of no, three counts of sexual intercourse without consent. The two middle ones were the fingering and the cunnilingus, and then the last one was the penis and vagina. Um, they found him guilty of the first and the last, 
they didn't find him guilty of the middle two, which to this day makes zero fucking sense to me. Um, because how did I not give consent, give consent, not give consent? Like if you found him guilty of the last one, wouldn't it make sense that maybe I didn't give consent to the middle two either? Um, now that's coming from a, a place of emotion from me. When you actually look at what the jury decided, it wasn't. So they rejected Tom's evidence. They rejected it. They said, this is, we didn't use this, um, cause we think he's lying. Um, so what they found him guilty and not guilty on the basis of was they don't think I consented at any point, but they think that Tom may have thought I had consented for two and three, but that I definitely didn't consent for one and four. So this is under the old laws. Under the new laws, I think, that are in ACT, it's all about affirmative consent, and so he would have been found guilty under those new laws, the affirmative consent laws, but because there was ambiguity for them there at those points, they didn't. Yeah. Right. I don't like that they've given him the benefit of the doubt when he's been found guilty of the two anyway. Like, so if you flip what you just said on its head, then they think that he thought that you weren't consenting, then he thought that you were, then he thought that you weren't. Yeah, like how does that make sense? Like I can understand what yeah. they're saying by that, and when you say it, it does sound almost reasonable, but then you you look at that a little bit closer and you go, it's, no, it's still, I'm sorry, it doesn't make sense. And I have a theory. Yeah. Um, this has happened in so many other cases of people that I've spoken with, especially around young white men or young men in general, in society who are being held accountable for sex crimes against women, Mm. I think that because the sentences can be quite high, people are like, look, why don't we hold him accountable for a couple of them because we, the jury, don't want to be responsible for ruining his his life as well. There's like this this shared community feel where we go, look, Mm -hmm. if you find him guilty of all four, he might end up in jail for 10 years. We don't think he deserves 10 years, but if we find him guilty of two of the four, maybe he'll get a smaller sentence, which he probably deserves, um, and then we'll go on from that, which is not what juries are supposed to do. But that's my theory because I've seen it happen so many times. Yeah. I've never seen somebody be charged guilty, found guilty of all counts, in these kinds of cases, and mm. especially post-referendum, I mean, I think it's something to call out. I think if this, if these people are Indigenous or Black offenders a lot of the time as well, in my mind they're going to be held accountable more. Yeah. Like they're going to bring that whole weight of the law behind them. But, like, yeah. in cases like this as well, it's just, like, it doesn't logically make sense. The fact that the judge can't be like, that doesn't logically make sense. You find him guilty of one or you find him not guilty, like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, what do you think? That's that's where I kind of sit on why I feel. Oh, I 100% agree. Like I just think they were trying. They, I almost feel like the jury didn't want to find him guilty at all, but the evidence was too compelling. They had to. Um, yeah, so I think like I think they were kind of backed into a corner in the way that it was it was hard to um, hard to deny. Um, but also so. On like day two or day three, the the defense asked for a mistrial because some of the jury members were rolling their eyes whenever he spoke. <laughs> and like, go after them because me too. Because <laughs> he was such a dingbat that like it was laughable. 
So like oh, people that's kind like, of funny. <laughs> people like laughing at him because he's a shit lawyer. <laughs> um. So. So I'm he sorry. That's kind of trap. that's funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. Excuse me, judge, but some of these people are rolling their eyes at me, and I don't think it's very nice. But, you know, like. There's little parts of this entire trial that, like, I mean, obviously it's a deep trauma for me, but, like, there's little parts where I just find so much joy. Like, the fact that Tom having erectile dysfunction is, like, available to the public, that gives me joy. Yeah. The fact that the jury laughed at the defence lawyer, that gives me joy. Like, (laughs) there's little parts that just, like, give me so much joy. And it's on the record as well that he's tried to ask for that mistrial because of that reason. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like how embarrassing. They were laughing at me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crummy river. Um, Excuse me, judge. <laughs> Excuse me. I have something to say. <laughs> I'm very upset. I'm so upset they were laughing at me. Yeah. Um, oh, my but, God. Yeah. So I think... That half of the jury was like, this defense is a cosser. He's clearly guilty. Let's drill him on all of it. And I reckon the other half were like, he's got potential. He's going places. And that's why they did the two and two. I think they just like could come to an agreement. That's my theory. Obviously, I don't know anything, but like, yeah, that's my theory. That's probably a compromise that they've made. Like, why don't we just not charge him with all of them? It's probably a jury compromise. But I'm still like, I think like as a society, we need to really look at that. And there needs to be some kind of discussion about that with judges and juries, et cetera, because you cannot not convict somebody of what is happening because you're worried about the sentence. It's not your, the jury's job is not to worry about the sentence. No. You know, you find somebody guilty of manslaughter or attempted murder or murder even. That murder conviction might only be seven years. That attempted murder conviction might be 25. You've got no say over what the outcome is. That is up to the sentencing. It's not up to juries. And I just just have this overwhelming sense that, like you said, people see this, like, future potential in this, like, young man. I'm sorry, but, like, I find it hard to believe that, in most of these cases that this is the first time that they've done something horrible. 100%. 100%. You, you paint these people as these upstanding members of society that have had a slip up by, no, he this attack that he did against you went on for a yeah. long period of time. This wasn't a, a slip up or an accident. This is something that went on for a long period of time and that that shows callousness and disregard for your well-being exactly. and for consent. He knew yeah. what he was doing. And when we, we we just give young men, so many young men, this fucking card, this green card to continue to offend. Yeah. And again, I've just seen uh, today has been a day of fucking terrible news. Queensland has just announced that Bruce Lerman is this high profile that is going to be charged for another two counts of sexual offences against a woman. It's like he's being charged again. Brittany Higgins was, you know, raked over the coals. Brittany Higgins was vilified by the media. And after she was assaulted, after all of this happened, he was greenlit. He was literally, because of the trauma, because of everything, because of jury misconduct, that trial did not go ahead. And what's he done? The accusation. fucking seven goes and is like, I'm going to give him a voice. Fuck off. Yeah, no, it's it's just... 
Because we, we look at people like Bruce Lerman, we look at these offenders and we just go, you know what, they're so intelligent, they've got so much future. What about your future? Exactly. Exactly right. And also, like, them saying, oh, Tom's got, you know, he's got a great future. He doesn't. He's bland. He's very bland. He has no real skills. He worked a shitty in a shitty little consulting company, wasn't going anywhere. Like. What future? If we want to talk about futures, we should talk about me. Like I was working in an embassy, was kicking goals, was like playing sport, doing fun things, had an amazing circle, got raped, it all fell apart. Like why did no one talk about my future? Why does his future matter like that though? Because his future is now dictated because of his own actions. Look at his yeah. bright future. Well, you know what? If he wants to have a bright future, he can make something of that through the prison system and through reform. Like that's mm-hmm. what, what we should be focusing on. It's not, yeah. oh, let's remove accountability for this person like no. because they might have a – what does that even mean? I'm sorry, but are you saying that all human beings don't have bright futures? Yeah. Are you saying like that- I'm sure Hitler had a bright future at one point. Yeah, are you saying that somebody from a low socioeconomic – status or background does not have a bright future therefore they should get a harsher sentence do you are you saying that somebody that's come from a family of divorce or from a family that's not together or from a history of domestic violence are you saying that 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 person now doesn't have as bright a future therefore they deserve a a higher sentence because I almost want to flip that on its head and say so this is a person of privilege this is a person exactly in inverted commas, has a bright future because they're educated, because they have um, all of these things at their doorstep, and yet they still Mm -hmm. chose to offend. They deserve more of a sentence. They've been given every opportunity to learn what's right and wrong. Like he went to a private school. He went to a private school. His parents are still together. He's grown up in a loving home. He should know. He should know that that's not what you should do. Yeah, here we are. He deserves a higher sentence than other people. We can't we can't discriminate in sentencing because somebody is wealthy. That's the the height of racism. That is the height of classism. That is exactly not justice. Right. If somebody's grown up in a really, really hard environment in life that they've had to steal so that they could feed their family, that is mm. less of a jump to offending. I feel than being on the other side of society uh, with the upper echelons, having every access to everything that you've ever needed, not having to mm-hmm. go through food insecurity, etc. And I'm not saying that the person who's had the harder life is any less responsible for those crimes. But if we are looking at this and saying that people who don't have a bright future in inverted commas, what the fuck does that mean? Exactly. And- why are we giving them harsher sentences than the people who have gone from one extreme to the other? Like I just, I d- that, it doesn't compute in my mind as logic. No, it doesn't compute either for me. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. So I think to come full circle to where we started, you know, I Mm. said that we met because I'd seen some articles that came out and I started to do, and obviously everybody can hear in my voice how angry I am Mm -hmm. Um, and how worked up I am because none of this fucking makes sense. No. Um, and I'm just, sense. I'm furious about it, but you know, I, I saw this and I was naming him, you know, the rapist Thomas Earl from the ACT. I remember them. Um, I remember it. And you commented and you like, said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm glad that, I'm glad that you saw that. I'm glad that it, you know, it hit the right spot, but, um, do you mind like, I guess saying what the outcome was and, and what I was reading, um, that yeah. was so fucked up yeah so it's just so laughable um so he was found guilty yeah of two and on that day I remember thinking yes we've got justice this is wonderful you can't be found guilty after pleading not guilty and going to trial you can't be found guilty of rape and not go to jail um so plot twist you can um he was sentenced to 300 hours of community service to be carried out over three years and 20 hours of counselling. 20 hours of counselling. That's not even once a month for the three years. It's... <laughs> Sorry, we're both laughing. 20 fucking hours. It's... 20 it's... hours. What are you going to do with 20 hours of counselling? It's a joke. That's a spit What's in a... my face. Well, where's your free counselling, by the way? Is this counselling he has to pay for or is it free? Is it free? It's free, isn't it? I'm, I'm pretty sure. It's court mandated, so it would be. So why? where's your counselling? Because I'm sure that you've got a lot of things to go over. What's he going to go do? Like, is this, why is this not a men's behaviour program? Why is this not a program for sex offenders? Why is this, like, okay, 20 hours of counselling. Okay, but how do, how do we... Do you know what the, in the ACT, what is the maximum sentence for the crimes that he was convicted of? I think it's 12 years or 15, 12 or 15 years jail. So when the judge weighed up the guilty sentence, so this man's been found guilty of two of the four counts, I can give him a maximum of potentially 12 years in prison. I'm just going to give him like 300 hours of community service and some counselling because like that seems legit. That to me, and obviously to you, is the absolute pits. And I, that's, again, when I saw that I was just so angry for you. How many hours had you and your family suffered for being re-traumatised 
to mm-hmm. have the truth come out in the public and for somebody, Thomas Earl, the rapist, to be found guilty of the rape that he did. Two counts he was found guilty of, not one, two of a possible four, and he gets community service. You know what? People go to jail for longer for unpaid speeding fines. When you go to jail for longer for not paying a fine than you do for raping somebody and being found guilty of that, we have now decriminalized sexual assault in this country. 100%. I'm 100% on that. There is no consequences anymore for raping women in this country. No. No. And like I looked up, so when I when he was given community service, I was devastated. And I went into that crazy need to control everything moment that I that I It's not crazy though. Into. It's not crazy need to control. It's trying to gain back any semblance of control, which I feel is exactly. very normal. I would do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So like I, I I went into this like hyper need to know everything. And so I looked into what you can do as community service in the ACT. Yeah. You can work in an office. <gasps> you can volunteer at an animal shelter. You can help clean up the national parks. You can, like, shit I would do for fun. Like, I would go to an animal shelter and hang out with dogs. I don't need to rape someone to do that. Like, what? Like, how... How is that justice? How is working in an office? Like his dad probably works in an office. He could probably just go work for his dad and his dad would say, yeah, he's done his hours. What do you mean working in an office? Like 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 not even for like a not-for-profit or something? Like Yeah, they can just like go and volunteer in an office and like file things, you know, photocopy shit. This feels like a horrible skit out of the office. Yeah, no, no, fully, fully true. It's like. I think as most people, like a lot of people who listen to this have obviously gone through trauma. A lot of other people are advocates and activists in their own right. Not one of us would get paid for the work that we do in advocating, in advocacy, in in doing all of this awareness raising in spaces. Like we volunteer every single day because it's the right thing to do and people mm-hmm. are being giving these abysmal, but that's not community service, I'm sorry. I, was, I literally just looked up yesterday what requirements there are to go and work at the local soup kitchen once a month because I think that would be a really awesome thing to get back to my community and like this guy has to be court mandated to do cleanup to go go for a hike in a beautiful national park and if you see trash around pick it up mm-hmm. yeah I just I can't I, I'm so sorry and I I can't empathize with you more I I'm furious for you I have no calm, no chill. I'm Mm-mm. so angry for you. And I just feel like what then what can we do now? Because, you know, the sentence has been done. He's probably done his 300 hours. He's probably gone to the counsellor and cried a river about poor old me. I'm so privileged. And then I'm, you know, and again, like that's it. I feel like the epitome of white privilege. Private school boy. Yeah. Do we he, actually? Like that boy needed therapy anyway. Like, he needed therapy so bad. Mance couldn't get an erection unless I was unconscious or not interested. Like, he needed to be in therapy. And then he gets it given to him as a punishment. It's Make it make sense? I feel like that 
shows his callousness as well and the fact that it's only two of the four and that that is the sentence with not only not only how callous his behavior was to have erectile dysfunction to then get aroused under those circumstances that is mm-hmm. just horrible and horrific behavioral like insights that you can gain from those actions yeah. but for him to and then the judge the judge said you know I don't think he'll do it again I I, I doubt he'll how can offend you, again how can you ever can say you know? that how can you? And also, he could only get an erection more... when I wasn't interested. He could only get an erection when I wasn't interested. That boy yeah. is bound to do it again. A judge has no right to say that this person will not offend again, or you don't believe that they will. There is no way that they can say that. And I'm sorry, but the statistics do not support that fact. The statistics say that most offenders that are caught are not first time offenders. The statistics say also that less than 10% of victims ever come forward. So on the basics of probabilities, he's probably done it before and he's probably going to do it again. When one in 10 people offend, when one in 10 people who offend have probably or most likely offended more than once will continue to offend, again, Bruce Lerman, allegedly, Mm -hmm. how Mm -hmm. dare a judge say that on what? On what expertise do they hold? The expertise that says that them being found guilty of rape is only worth 300 hours of community service. I think that this judge should come up for misconduct. And you can't appeal that. No. No, I can't. Oh, I'm so mad for you. But he could. Yeah, you but know, he once again. Wanna, he's not going to challenge that fucking the oh, lightest no sentence way. in history. He's been given, he hasn't even been given a slap on the wrist. He's been given a pat on the back. Like, get one, mate. Don't worry about it. You just raped her. Yeah. Move mm. on and get along. Yeah, um, you know, go hang out with a puppy. Yeah, it's seriously, so, it's so bad. It's so bad. I'm like, I'm, I'm beyond angry. Okay, um, I am really, really sorry, and thank you, Em, for coming on and sharing, um, your story. Um, and I, and I just, I don't know. It. I think I really want to look into different ways that we can hold people accountable. And he has been found guilty in a court of law. We can say his name. So let's fucking blast it. Yeah. Let's, and it's also, I think, a public safety thing. Yeah, 100%. Can we make sure that he's not on any dating apps? Can we make sure that if he's dating somebody, at least that that, that person knows that he's being charged and been found guilty of this crime? Like, where does the power of community come in when you've been so badly let down by the justice system? Yeah. And, you know, on that, so when I when the sentence was handed down, I went through, like, a lot of Reddit feeds and a lot of Twitter feeds, like, following the article release and following the project coming up. Um, I would go through the comments and see what people were saying. And a lot of people said, like, what a failure. This is why women should take it into their own hands, take justice into their own hands. You know, like if um, if the justice system is going to let them down, why don't, you know, there was even comments like, oh, she knows where he lives. Why doesn't she just go like bash a brick into his head? And that's like failure. But like that's not that's not what the justice system wants to be putting out to their community, that they can't be trusted to deliver justice. Like that's such a failure. Oh, just And it's yeah. such a promotion of vigilantism and I see it a lot with child sexual abuse cases as well. 
And so many people are so outraged by rapists. But then when you look at a rapist and this person looks like you, you don't want to hold them accountable. No. If they're not the old creepy weird guy in a trench coat that took you and abducted you from, you know, a dark alley somewhere, if this is the circumstance, then we just, whatever, you know, people don't hold them to account. There is no social justice. So it's not like his friends aren't inviting him out anymore, I bet you. Oh, I'm sure he's... Tearing up the dance floor at Mooseheads every Saturday night. I have no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So I think that that this comes into the public's hands now as well. Like I, I don't promote vigilantism. I'm not calling for fucking violence in any way. But I mean, we should draft up some comms on Instagram and blast his face and blast his name and make sure that everybody in those areas knows exactly who he is because it's a public 100%. safety concern. I do not like naming offenders because I don't want to give them the glory. I don't want them to be named in that. But when it comes to shit like this, it is a public safety concern. Yeah. And also imagine being, imagine being someone that has been accused of rape, knowing you've done it and then getting sentenced to community service. You know, you've got a free pass to do it again. Yep. Because also if he ever gets accused again, they can't, they're not allowed to use that case and be like well he's done it before they're allowed to say he's got previous offenses but they're never allowed to look at that case in its specific in its specifics so that's a free pass if i was a disgusting human who hires terrible lawyers i too would be going out there finding my next victim at mooseheads and calling it a night like he's been given the all clear all clear to carry on. All clear to act with impunity. He's been greenlit by the system. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does it say to other people who want to offend? It says that even if you do go to a trial, even if you do confess, even if you confess twice, even if you've got four charges against you and you are found guilty of two, you won't go to jail. So go ahead and do it because it's now yeah. decriminalised. That's what we're yeah. saying. Yeah. And it's saying to victims, don't bother. Don't bother. And I had like multiple women message me after the first after the ABC came out and then again after the project came out and say, I was going to report, but I'm not going to now. Like, what a failure. What a failure of women. What and and survivors in general. What a failure. Yeah. And I hate that. I hate yeah. that I've platformed so many people on this p- podcast who have said don't bother and that's not something against you and it's not something against anybody else saying that. I hate that that's the reality. And yeah. I, I don't know if, if I had a choice, if I ever would have. I didn't have a choice because I was a child and it, there was immediate police intervention. Yeah, I don't know. If somebody came to me now, I know that I would suggest that. I wouldn't, but it again like that police officer to you are you sure that you want to do it that does come into it right yeah and and you know like if someone asked me today would you do it again it's a loaded question because I feel like I've added my voice to this conversation and and to a degree I think I have been heard um you know like after the project came out there was a fair bit of talk around around this issue um and I did manage to get it kind of brought up in in um the legislative assembly in in Canberra so there has been conversation and any conversation about this is a step in the right direction so I do feel good about that but 
is that worth what I went through? No. And is that is 300 hours of community service and 20 hours of counselling worth the year and a half of shit I went through? No. So I don't think I would do it again. And if somebody asked me, I've been assaulted, should I go to the police? I would. Then my first question is, what do you want out of it? If you just want to hold him accountable and say, hey, he's done this, but you don't care about the outcome, then go for it. But if you care about the outcome, don't do it. Go see a lawyer first. That's usually yeah. my recommendation anyway. If it's not Still an immediate step. thing, if it's not an immediate thing, or go see the Hells Angels. I've heard that they're really good. Mm. Or Rod Campbell Ross, apparently <laughs> good with a baseball bat. <laughs> Either of our dads, up for hire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they can start their own new gang. <laughs> Hells dads. dads. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say dad's nailing dicks. <laughs> oh, I like that. D&D. Yeah. Like Dungeons and Dragons, but worse. Yeah. Like with yeah. actual they like with actual nails though. Oh, yeah, like a nail gun? Yeah. Oh, yes. They can just call it like a construction accident. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> My bad. So, no, I, but I know, I think like. It is. It's and it's laughable, and it's a it's a horrific state of affairs. I love what you've been able to do as well by by lending your voice to this and by bringing it out by putting yourself in a position to be public with it too. It's a really difficult mm. thing, but I'm so glad that you've been able to do that as well because it's brought the horrific nature of this to the forefront. But mm. sadly, this isn't the only one. And you know, when we first started messaging, I put you into contact with a few people as well. That yeah had similar outcomes from a similar experience. And I thought, you know, in the weeks and months after us first chatting and, you know, even with the the other people that I connected you with, it's just been something that's been weighing on my mind so much is the so many people that I've spoken to that have been treated poorly throughout the entire process who have been told that they would be respected when they're being cross-examined and they weren't, who've had ridiculous narratives be put up, who've had guilty pleas and guilty outcomes for people of multiple counts of sexual assault where mm-hmm. the, the maximum sentence is 10 to 25 years and they're getting yeah. off with community service and good behavior bonds yeah it's tragic hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Is there, is there anything else that you wanted to go over and let our listeners know before we 
we wrap up? No, I don't think so. I think we've kind of comprehensively covered it. Um, I suppose the only thing would be like get angry. Like if you're listening to this and you're thinking like this is fucked, talk about it because, yeah, it's just not talked about enough. It's not. Um, And in the show notes of this episode, I'm going to link the project segment that you did. We can link the ABC segment. There's a number of articles as well um, about the rapist Thomas Earl getting off with 300 hours of community service. I've used them in Mm -hmm. a number of the reels that I used as well. I'm going to pop them and links to that on socials and in the show notes so that people can really get behind sharing his name around, sharing the facts of the case around, and getting outraged. And, you know, I always say many Many hands make light work, obviously, but collectively there are more victims than there are offenders. And as sad as that sentiment is, it just means that there's more of us than there are of them. And it just takes us getting angry and banding together to force change. Crime is a social construct and we can set the bar really, really high to try and make sure that this never fucking happens again. Exactly right. Amen. Hey, women. Hey, women. That's a raid. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for being so funny um, as well. Thank like you for I know listening. that we've talked about some shit, but I'm just vibing you so much as well. I'm like, <laughs> you know what I wanted to do? I want to take M out for drinks. <laughs> oh my god, let's go! Yes, you're I'll, in I'm Sydney, com- right? I'm in Melbourne, but I will come. For, I'll come. I'll come to Melbourne. I love Melbourne. I'm there. So look, let's just we're gonna have a Christmas party of sorts. Yeah, let's do it. Done. Um, yeah. But no, thank I'll bring you my so much. Back. Oh, good. I've got one too. <laughs> I've got my trolley pole. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, but no, again, Em, thank you so much. Um, yeah, anything that we, we need to, we'll add into the show notes of this episode. Um, if anybody wants to get in contact with you um, or support anything that you're supporting, I'll make sure that those links are in the show notes of this episode as well. Um, Beautiful. But just thank you again so much and you've got so much love from this community that we're all sending to you as well. Thank you. And thank you for hearing me out and um, dealing with my terrible jokes as well. They're not terrible. I was trying not to laugh into the microphone. (laughs) Oh, You don't laugh, you'll cry. That's exactly right. Well, thank you all and thank you for listening to Reclaim Me. And that's a wrap for part two. I cannot thank Emma enough for coming onto the podcast and sharing her story in so much detail and so candidly. It provides so much insight to other people experiencing things like this. It provides so much anger to help so many of us push for change that is so needed. And I just love the fact that the amount of people that have listened to Em's part one and have connected with me and that will get so much value out of listening to part two just because they can relate and see themselves and they have identified within themselves that what they went through wasn't okay. And it's a worth reminder here as well that justice does not mean going through the court system uh, for every single person. And as Em said within there, she probably wouldn't do it again given the outcome. So I just want you to know that you're not alone and this is an important story to share and listen to because 
not only is it angry making and it's completely unjust and it will help us create a narrative and push forwards with the must needed change that needs to happen in our justice system, but it also is something that so many people will relate to and find themselves seeing themselves in as they listen through it. So please make sure that you share this far and wide because, yes, it's going to add a lot of value on either side. Now, if you want to support M, there is a petition link in the show notes of this episode. So please head there and sign it. Uh, It is calling for reform um, in minimum sentencing standards because there is no justice in community service, which I'm pretty sure we all agree with. It is completely unfounded. And, you know, the amount of podcasts that I've done now that have guilty convictions, but absolutely no sentencing um, or good behavior bonds as an outcome is absolutely ridiculous. So I'm fed up with it. I'm sure many of you are, but we can push for real change. I do always say that crime is a social construct and that means that we do get to have an input when it's not working right. And our justice system is exactly the same. The more of us that get on the ground, the more of us that sign, the more of us that push for change, the more things that we're going to help enforce. And I think this is one of them that we can have a very real impact with. So thank you so much, M. Go to the show notes for this episode, follow No Justice in Community Service, make sure that you share this far and wide and get outraged. As a final thought of this, I do want to call out that Thomas Earl is a rapist. He has been convicted of rape and he does pose a threat because of that to any woman who would go near him. And unfortunately, the system as it stands means that women do not know that this person has a conviction for sexual offences. So if you are on Hinge or if you are on Bumble or if you're out in the world and you're dating in Canberra, I suggest that you share his name and his photo far and wide. We will be sharing on the social media some other links to articles and things that have photos of him in them as well because I think that it is important that you know who you're going on a date with. Um, not that you would want to after him <laughs> summary of this bland, bland man, but anyway, uh, I digress. Um, Please stay safe out there. Thank you so much, Em, again. There is absolutely no justice in community service. Big love. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you do need help or support, please reach out to those crisis services or suggested resources in the show notes for this episode. Have a look after yourself and make sure that you're doing and taking the time that you need to process the information or to process anything that may have come up that was triggering for you. Lastly, I do have one ask. Can you please take the time to rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any platform that you listen to Reclaim Me on? This helps tremendously with me reaching additional people and making sure that we get the word out there that there is no shame or stigma that should be associated with being a victim of these crimes. If you could also share this podcast with somebody you may know, as you may not be a survivor yourself, but you sure as hell know one. Thank you again. Bye.